Having agency is defined as the capacity of individuals to act independently and to make their own free choices. Tune in to get an inside look at the inspiring uphill climb of businesswomen from around the world. I'm your host, Cheryl Gillihan, and this is Woman-Owned Agency. Lindsay, so great to have you with me today. If you would, please introduce to our audience uh, yourself and a little bit about Content Journey. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited about this conversation. It's always fun to chit chat with you, Cheryl. Um, so I own a business called Content Journey. We focus on SEO and content and that journey, if you will. Um, we didn't launch until 2020. So we're still a fairly new company, but we've um, grown really organically and nicely into a, a full-time team of four now with two part-timers and a writing team of 15, I think, 15 or 17. Um, and really have just brought some great people together to you know, help continue building our clients through organic search mostly. That's that's our sweet spot. Well, and for those that don't know, uh, Lindsay and her team actually do a lot of content for Cause Labs. So Content Journey is our content marketing team. And so most of our blog posts actually um, are researched and written by their team. Um, they've done a great job of like really capturing our voice and getting to know who we are and what our stories are and being able to to pull that in alongside some important research and it has grown kind of our organic traffic so it's been wonderful thank you so much for that yeah that's good and I like to hear that we like have your voice too that's one of our things that we lay out to accomplish as quickly as we can is to sound like the people we're writing for so that people go to a website or they read an email and they don't know that some outside firm is handling that for them. So I'm glad that we are able to accomplish that for you. Yeah, and you've been able to do it even, you know, changing some of our team members too. So we worked with a, a few of your content writers and that's been really wonderful. It, it, that transition has been seamless um, and it really hasn't changed the voice of our writing. So this interview is really just more about you and a little bit about us because we've been friends for a long time. Um, and yeah. that's been a wonderful journey in and of itself. But, you know, I, I know a little bit about your background, but our audience doesn't. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey into becoming a business owner. Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur now? Have you always considered yourself an entrepreneur? Yeah. So um, let's, okay. I have to tell you that the best story that I think puts me in a nutshell a little bit um, is my first business was when I was five. Um, we had family who would come to our home um, for all of the holidays. So Christmas or Thanksgiving. And I really, really wanted to be an artist. I, my crayons went with me everywhere I went. And so when we would have family get togethers, I would spend days, probably not weeks, but days at least, um, drawing pictures of Christmas trees or turkeys, you know, like where you use your hand as the outline. I wish I still had one of the pictures of that, but it's been all of that, that time drawing all these pictures for my family members. So grandparents, aunts, uncles, all of that. Um, but I wouldn't give them my photos. I would, or my drawings, I would sell them. So I priced all of my drawings accordingly. And I would go around with my shoe box and would sell my artwork 
to my family members. So I was not a, a five or six year old whose grandma just got pictures. Um, she had to pay for them. And so there was always this piece of me, I think, that understood that I could create something for value that other people might appreciate. And so whatever that looked like, um, it's followed me. So I've had several endeavors, some more successful than others um, over the years and been a part of, um, you know, a lot of people, I think I've, I've learned a, so much through osmosis of the entrepreneurial journey, just from being around people like, you know, you and Mike and um, my spouse, Corey, and different people, the circles that we run around in, surrounded by such smart, amazing people that you can't help, but I think glean some of that. So yes, entrepreneurial, no, not always consider that I was an entrepreneur and really have gone through a lot of growth in the last year or so of really stepping into, and you and I've had that conversation of I'm the boss. I, what people want to, I'm supposed to do something with that. Like I manage people now. And, and that's been a, a, a harder struggle, I would say, of kind of stepping into my own confidence in that way. So super long answer, um, but you have to learn about five-year-old artists, Lindsay, I think, when we talk about entrepreneurship. Now, that's a story I didn't know. That's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, talking about being the boss, though, that I remember the day, because I worked in the company before I became the CEO of the company and certainly before I took ownership of the company and bought the company. And so I remember the day that I became the boss and I, one day it was like, I was their friend and I could talk to them about anything. And the next day it was like this burden of like, I can't tell them all the things I'm dealing with because, you know, as a leader, like how, I'm such a transparent person, but how much is okay to share and recognizing that like, this isn't their burden to bear, you know, this is, yeah. this is mine to figure out. Um, but how can I still be transparent? How can I still authentically be myself? How can I be the type of leader that I want to be, um, to take care of the team, you know, and recognizing that yeah. like, there are some things as a leader and as an owner that, you know, that's, that's our emotional baggage. That's our crap to deal with, you know, mm -hmm. that it shouldn't be on our team. They should be able to sleep at night and not have to worry about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think it was a conversation with you. I think, um, last year where I told you that I was really struggling with that. I mean, even my business cards say lead guide. I mean, they don't say CEO, they don't say founder. And I think that really, is a testament to where, where I was whenever we founded content journey is I didn't see myself as the person on the top. I saw myself as a person as, and I still feel it's a collaborative, but there's a difference, but I think it was having a vulnerable moment with you and telling you how I was struggling with that. And you gave me the advice that whether I want them to or not, everyone was looking at me as the leader, as the boss. And once I sort of reframed that a little bit, I went, oh, okay, well, I guess it's not my decision. I don't get to say, no, don't see me as that because that's how they, they see me. And um, I think that really helped me start stepping more into the confidence of being the founder and owner of Content Journey. Yeah, and you've experienced so much growth in such a short time, actually, and during a pandemic. 
So <laughs> tell me a little bit more about like that growth yeah. journey for y'all. Um, what is the what is the thing that has really propelled y'all forward? The long story of it, or I guess maybe the short version of the long story is in 2020, I was finishing my master's degree in clinical mental health counseling, which is something that I've always wanted to do um, is to go into mental health work. But simultaneously over the last three or four years, I just had this content idea, a way to package SEO and content up together that made it accessible to people. So for example, you know, you talk to like Pixel Cut Labs or Rebecca Gill or Lindsay Halsey and all of these amazing people that are um, in the SEO world. I mean, you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars to get a plan for SEO, um, not even just the execution on it. And it's worth every penny, obviously. I mean, they're um, paid that much for a reason. Um, they are the best in the business. Um, but I, working on that corporate side of the world, so I was working for a, a, a rather large company for a while, doing SEO and content for them as part of our channel marketing efforts. And I just went, there's a way to do this differently. And I couldn't shake it. And so as I'm finishing graduate school, I'm in an internship, I'm working on my comprehensive examinations and all these things. I went, I just have to launch this business and just see if if it's a thing. That way I could just get it out of my system and move on with mental health work. I mean, that was really the goal. And so we bought a domain, built a WordPress website, and two weeks later had our first two clients. And then by the end of the 2020, so from August to December, had almost 10 people um, on our client roster. And so it just I don't know. I, I just was lucky. I, I don't know what else to say. Like it was just something I needed to get out of my system and see if it, if it would work. And it was a process and a price point, I think both that fit for people. And then as soon as it started working and people started gaining more organic traffic, they told their friends and uh, here we are. And now we have almost 30 clients. I mean, you call it luck, but you're a pretty connected person. You're an extrovert like me and the people that you know are also connected, extroverted people. And so, I mean, does that help potentially like with the referral uh, mechanism there of marketing and organic growth? I mean, which is what you're all yeah. about, right? Is organic growth. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, we, I would say, even though I'm an extrovert, there's something really difficult about even talking to a friend or someone that, you know, I mean like, oh yeah, I would love to help you with this. And it's going to cost X amount of dollars. Like there's just that, that uncomfortable piece of it's different when I'm selling artwork, I guess, to grandma, as opposed to, um, you know, several thousand dollars a month for something that is a, a business builder potentially for that friend, that client, that referral, but also they have a budget that they have to consider and think about. And so I think getting through those conversations is another lesson to learn of just business development and just getting used to hearing no's and being okay with no's. And then, but yeah, of course, like having connections, having friends and then current clients too, I would say almost almost every single current client has sent someone else our way because they've been happy with the work that we've done. So there is part of that too, of just making sure that we deliver on what we say, which is really important to me personally, is to know that 
like we say we're going to do something and it actually does get done in that way. And I think that's, I don't know, different in the agency world, if you will. Like, I think people are used to getting burned by marketing agencies of, that come in with really big promises. And what would we say in Texas and Oklahoma? Big hat, no cattle, uh, right? Yes. <laughs> that's and what they say. I gotten used to that, right? Of just getting these big promises. And we don't make promises. We, we promise to do our best. We promise to work towards you know their goals, but we can't promise results. But we know if we do the things we say we're going to, it'll lead to that. It's wonderful to have the content there. You do the research, you write the content, and it keeps our content fresh when you're doing that for us. But if we just let it sit on our website and we don't market it and we don't do anything with it and we don't share it, of course, nobody's going to come to it. Um, You know, when we're building websites, we like to say, like, if you build it, they will not come. This is not the field of dreams. Like you have to have a marketing plan. You have to have a rollout plan. You have to, just like any program, you have to identify, like, how are you going to get traction on this? Where are you going to pilot it? How are you going to learn? Who are you going to test with? Who are your advocates going to be? And how are you going to get this shared, you know, and it's for us, it's been wonderful content, but it helps for us to also really enjoy the content ourselves to be advocates of that, you know, and so the content that has been, you know, most valuable for us that actually has seen the most traction have been the things that are like, oh my gosh, I feel like every nonprofit organization we work with should know this. And so we share it out a lot more, you know, right. Absolutely. And I think it helps too with like how I think our teams work together, which is different than some of our other clients, um, is we do have a whole lot more interaction with each other too, of sharing those ideas and it gets our team excited to, to work on that too. So I think that's important. Absolutely. Like for your side to be excited about what's being created, but then also as we are the ones writing it, like believing in it too. <laughs> Yes. Um, so you don't have any specific uh, niches, do you? Like you work with all types of clients? We do. You know, I think that's like the advice you get from everybody is, is niche down as quickly as you can. For us, I think there are some that we can be more successful with than others. So we come from the WordPress space, right? So I, uh, Corey Miller definitely wanted me to do this early on was to focus on plugin companies and create content for them. But you really have to be an expert on that plugin and that product in order to write about it really effectively. Um, especially when you get into like how to's and step-by-steps, like we need to know how to use the plugin really, really well to be able to write about it. And so that is a space that, I haven't quite figured out yet. We do have some technical writers on our staff, but it takes a lot more time to go in and, and become incredibly knowledgeable about, you know, gravity forms, for example, to be able to talk about that, as opposed to, um, you know, we have uh, an e-commerce agency that just focus on, on e-commerce. And we can talk about that all the time because when we talk about best practices and different types of platforms and etc as opposed to not getting super technical but and then also our content director is a a journalism or former journalism professor and so we have a lot of journalists that do or former journalists I should say that um, write for us and they specialize in collecting the information and condensing it down no matter the topic and so we've just chosen to lean into their 
skills and expertise and and use them that way instead of trying to to force us into a bucket that maybe we don't belong in or isn't fun to write about the same thing over and over again. I mean, that's part of it too. <laughs> yeah, I admire companies that are able to like really laser focus on something. Um, at Cause Labs, you know, we haven't really been able to do that either, other than, mm -hmm. you know, we work with purpose-driven programs and organizations, but that doesn't mean that's still a very wide net <laughs> and there's a lot of things there. So it's it's something that always intrigues me like how does it work when you do niche down and and how does it work when you don't you know i'm right. still trying to figure that out myself <laughs> you know yeah. is, is this wide net working out well for us or do we need to kind of narrow in on some of the things where we've have a lot of expertise um yeah. so I would be interested in just exploring that with you and continuing that conversation. Yeah. Your business is still kind of young and I think you're still figuring that out yourself. Absolutely. I, mean, I think we definitely have like an internal list of businesses we like to work with. Um, so credit unions are amazing. We really like working with credit unions. They're like to a specific geographical location. And so we can do a lot of things like with local SEO and with content um, with them that we maybe can't do with a national organization or national brand. Obviously, mental health facilities are near the top of the list um, because all of our mental health writers are credentialed, you know, therapists of some kind. And so we can really come at it from an intelligent space. But, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure what we'll do other than that. I mean, we, when we get a new client where we don't have um, experience in, we go out and recruit new writers that do. And so if you do, do, do you do Enneagram? I'm sure you do, right? Of course I do. Okay. So <laughs> you, you're going to get this like so fast. So I'm a seven Enneagram, right? And so there's something about this always changing possibilities, new things, different types of clients that just, I, I gravitate towards. And so maybe the team would be like, can we please just do real estate agents in various locations? Cause that's good, fun content to do. And I would be like, no, that's boring. We want to keep it varied. Um, so <laughs> anyway, that's probably <laughs> part of it too, right? Um, is that my personality won't let us um, focus on one thing too, too long. Uh, yeah. The other thing we do with clients though, that I think is different than other marketing agencies. Now that I think about the niching down part is we will not work for competitors. So when I say there's like a, a credit union, we work with one credit union per market and um, we won't work with different people that compete against each other. And actually last month had an amazing client conversation. I really liked them, was so looking forward to working with them and realized that they had one area of their business that was a direct competitor to another one of our clients had been with us from the beginning. And so I contacted the client and said, hey, just want to verify, is this a competitor of yours? And they said, yes. And so I had to turn down the new client who would have also been wonderful to work with but I, I like to win and I like to win for our clients. And so whenever you compete against yourself, like you're like somewhere you're losing and somebody that somewhere that you're working for is losing. Um, and so we've made it a, a really strict policy that we've stuck towards um, of just, you know, not working with people that are in the same exact space. So that's, probably a, a different thing, part of a niche, right? There's our niche, we won't work for competitors. So in those instances, do you refer them 
um, to other content agencies that you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Because I mean, we still want them to succeed and, and find help for their business. Um, but so yeah, we've definitely done that. And we've only had to actually turn away two people. Um, but I mean, it's still, it's hard to do that mm-hmm. whenever you're, you're growing something, but yeah, we've had to do that for different reasons, not from the competition side of things. Cause I feel like nonprofits, I mean, they all compete for the philanthropy dollars. <laughs> They're yeah, all competitors absolutely. to each other, but at the same time, I don't, I don't see them as competitors to each other. I see them as collaborators for the cause, you know, yeah. and I see them as there are plenty of philanthropy dollars out there and every single organization that we've worked with has a specific part of their program that serves the community. And it's a little bit different. And that's why they exist is because they serve a part of the community that isn't being served by whatever else is already out there, right? Whether that's government or another nonprofit um, or for-profit organization, like they have obviously found an area where there's a gap and that's why their organization exists. And so we have had to turn them down though when you know the budget or the timing or just expertise isn't a fit with our organization and that's part of the inspiration for this podcast and interviewing other women is because there are so many women-owned agencies out there and I want them all to know about each other (laughs) Um, and I want to meet more of them and I want the women that I'm interviewing like you to share with me like who do you know who should be on this because we're always looking for other agencies to potentially refer to so for example we don't do SEO but we know other agencies who do and so you know referring out for those things We don't do content writing, but we refer out Mm -hmm. to you and a couple other content writers that we've worked with. And so that's, that's wonderful to be able to do that and have that kind of abundance mindset of being able to help. Exactly. I I think that's, I think we said this before too, um, when we were speaking is just like, when you put good out in the world, it always comes, it always comes back. I mean, just doing good things and, and being good for people and by people. I mean, there's that's never going to not work out for anybody, you know, like everybody in that ecosystem is is going to win. Um, You know, the people I thought of immediately, you know, and maybe, um, I mean, you know, Kimberly Lapari, I think Mm -hmm. she has such an interesting story and very similar, I think to yours as well, where she um, worked within her agency, became part owner, and then eventually became full owner. Um, and so I think her, her story of growth is, is a really interesting one. And then there's somebody here locally to Oklahoma city. Her name is Hannah Schmidt and Hannah started a female only co-working facility, um, here in OKC called the treasury. And she has really put herself out there in this way of connecting people and, and specifically connecting women, helping them grow their business, helping them find camaraderie. So she has one um, endeavor called the Working Mom Summit. And so it is literally for, you know, pa- moms out there or parents and, um, and coming together and understanding what that means. So stopping a, po- a podcast interview to make sure someone's picking your kids up from school, you know, like we all have understood that. Um, or even um, one of her other things that she did is called 100 Magazine. So she, I th- she used to do something in publishing, I think. And so she created a magazine of 100 women in Oklahoma 
making a difference. And so she did the photography for it. She put all the things together. She sold the magazine. She shipped them out and is um, the, I can't remember the domain for the website, but something around hundred magazine where she's highlights two of those women's every single week for the full year. Um, and it's just, so, so she's doing really cool things too. And so I, she's not technically an agency owner, but I think it might be an interesting conversation at least. And one that other people could maybe replicate in their own cities and states. Yeah. Sounds great. Absolutely. Well, I'd be excited to meet her. So if you could make that introduction, I would love it. I'd be happy to. So um, just to close and uh, it's, you know, if you don't have any shout outs, that's, that's fine, but are there any shout outs or anything new that you're doing at content journey that you would like to share with the audience? Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. So a podcast episode that I listened to recently, I bet this is probably everyone in your audience listens to this too, but Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. She did a two-part one with her sister, you know, the COO, um, just talking about um, like team issues and talking to teammates and being vulnerable and like how to do that. And she talks about being on the balcony or on the dance floor and all that. I'll have to, I'll look it up for, for your show notes. Um, but that podcast, I have gone back to that, those two episodes alone and re-listen to them no less than five times. Even before difficult conversations, I've revisited them. I've been like, you know, how did they word this again? And how do we do that? And it's really helped our team growth and confidence for all of us by, you know, following some of some of those principles that she sets out. And gosh, she's just, she's my queen, I think sometimes. Um, if I could just harness all of her energy and, and intelligence. I feel um, the same. We love <laughs> Brene. <laughs> right. um, and then other shout out things, you know, the Enneagram, we're talking about this. We talk about Enneagram all the time on our team. And I think it has really helped me think through our team dynamics in a way so I, as the seven, another of us is, an, we have an eight, a nine, a seven, a two, who are our full-time people. And, and we had a six um, before she, she left us to go spend more time with her family. And so we have like the seven of, which is me of always being like, aren't we having fun in this meeting? Like, is everyone having a good time? And then we had our six. And she was like, everything is a disaster. The business is like, all of our systems are broken. And then, you know, we have our nine who's just like sunshine and rainbows coming in and like, you know, and, and all of these different dynamics and talking about it openly with the team as we've all learned more has been, I don't know, it's propelled us exponentially with our working relationships because we understand where the other ones are coming from. Um, and we even have a Slack channel that we call the Graham. For, for the Enneagram so we can discuss all of that openly. And that's been a really, really good thing for us. So um, anyway, there's, there's a couple of books that I can recommend like Enneagram Empowerment, I'm looking at them right now. And the Enneagram and You, both of those are really, really good. Um, there's an Enneagram uh, podcast that I listen to. Uh, oh. And yeah, I'll, I think it's, but I'll have to share that yeah. in the show notes too and share that with you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Another good test that has been good for me personally, um, not necessarily for our team was the Colby score. Mm. Um, in doing that one, I realized like not only like the Enneagram has been great for me to 
sort of recognize uh, the way that I naturally respond to everything um, and, and why I do that. Um, but the Colby score kind of honed in on some of my natural habits. Um, mm -hmm. One of them being that I'm a quick start and the minute there's a problem, I'm like on top of it. I'm like, let's go. And Michael is a completely different personality for me. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need a process. <laughs> we need a plan. We need to figure yeah. out how we're going to do this. I'm like, no, we'll figure it out along the way. Let's fly the plane and build it while we're flying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's awesome. So I'm also a quick start and I have like very low follow through. <laughs> So it's like, oh yeah, here's all of these great ideas and like cool things. And then it's like, I have to have somebody else, which is Emily on my team now, um, who's like, okay, Lindsay, just give me all of your ideas. And then like, she goes and like puts them together. But if it was just left up to me. Makes them make sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, okay, I can't wait to hear that podcast. That'll be a good one. But Colby, Col Corey is a certified Colby person. And we actually have a, a great relationship with Kathy Colby. She's a, a fantastic person. And so we've used all that extensively as well. And it is, it's, but it is interesting how they all really say the same thing, even Shrinks Finder, like throw Shrinks Finder in there as well. Um, but presenting it in a different way where, and, and some probably make more sense to others, right? So like maybe you're mm -hmm. more drawn towards Shrinks Finder than you are Colby, but how they all can interact and and really help propel team and relationship dynamics too. I mean, mm -hmm. it's helped our, our marital relationship, even knowing some of these things about each other. Have you found that with you and Mike too, even well, yeah. like the Colby stuff? We're in the business together. So we co-own the business. And now that we know some of these things, he has actually prefaced problems of like, I, I don't need you to do anything with this. I'm just ideating right now. I'm just talking out loud. Don't do anything. <laughs> Yet I feel that deep in my bones. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you for sharing so much about Content Journey. And I hope that the other women listening can maybe gain some insights from this, but also contact you because um, you've been a big help to Cause Labs. And I know that you can help other organizations too. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Hopefully, yeah, anyone can reach out and ask me. And we also have a white label agency program. So if there's somebody that wants to have their own recurring revenue for SEO and content, we work with several agencies um, in that capacity. So that's always an opportunity to work together as well. Wonderful. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks, Cheryl.